Listen up. I won't sugarcoat it. This is the longest cold flu and allergy season we've ever seen, but we're not alone. We've got Instacart. Sure, you may be a coughing snot faucet who just wants mommy, but you're not giving up! Not when cold medicine, fragrant herbal teas, and honey shaped like bears can be delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. Now let's go win the sick playoffs! Daddy, I just want my soup. Oh, sorry, Sport App says it'll be here in, in a few minutes. <laughs> Instacart for the win. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. All right, so this next product coming out of the state of Japan, excuse me, country of Japan, brain needs to work better than it is right now. <laughs> we haven't annexed them yet. No, no, not yet. Um, so the, the product that they're coming out with now, they are marketing toward gamers who need to stay up all, all night in order to do their video gaming. But I love it for the rest of us who just... If you know, if you want an option other than your coffee or your, you know, your your caffeinated drink, I like this as an idea, and I'm sort of surprised nobody else did anything like this yet. Is there anything left that we haven't jammed caffeine into? Well, is there any? Um, <laughs> my brain went the other way. I feel like the only thing we've ever put caffeine into are drinks and pill form. But yeah. do we have foods? I mean, other like like solid foods that no, we put caffeine into. I was, I was just thinking of drinks, but no, uh, yeah, it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me honestly if there was some way. Now, I guess in a way you kind of do because you have the the coffee bean the the dark chocolate covered coffee beans. Sure. You also yeah. have coffee rub that you can use mm-hmm. on, on on barbecues. So yeah, I mean it's just a way to to you know, put more caffeine in our bodies. But in this case, yeah, caffeine caffeinated cup o noodles, which. Our, like that again that's that's like college food yeah that's what we had like you bought the cup of noodles we can all picture it it's, it's the white container with the orange lettering on the outside cheap add hot water to it and you're done um so yeah they've said now caffeinated cup noodles is something they are it's nissen foods is launching what they're calling gamer friendly product for the first time in its history um, with its flagship brands, Cup Noodles and Nissen Curry Meshi. <laughs> uh, the caffeinated noodles will come in two flavors, uh, garlic and black pepper yakisoba, which contains shrimp, Ooh. pork, egg, and cabbage, and the curry, which has a base of pork and vegetables. Uh, both products are sauce-based and soup-free, so as you need both hands to be doing your gaming, you're not going to be spilling stuff all over you. <laughs> so it's just noodles. There's nothing else, just the uh, the flavoring and the noodles. Yeah, that's not bad. That's how I used to eat that stuff anyway. Um, no, that I mean, it's an interesting idea. I love the fact that they've changed up because you, you described it quite well, that white styrofoam cup with mm-hmm. the brown and orange lettering on the outside of it. Not anymore. The one for the gamers is kind of a, oh, wow. a, a black <laughs> fading into blue. <laughs> And then just a rainbow-colored, uh, you know, it's, it's got the electrical sparks behind it, and it says, Gaming Cup Noodle. Um, so, yeah, clearly the gamer market is the one they're going after, but I don't think it's going to be limited to that. I, I think that, um, I mean, just calling it that isn't going to keep people from buying it for whatever, but I can see people doing this at lunchtime, too. 
You know, yeah. you're on Wall Street or whatever, and you need to grab a little, <laughs> little charge up for the afternoon. Grab one of these and go to it. It doesn't tell me how much caffeine is in it, which is critical information. Yeah. What is the equivalent? What is in this? Yeah. Is it equivalent to a cup of coffee? What's? <laughs> um... Yeah. How many cups of coffee are we talking about? Because that's that's what they always with a little pill form with nodos or whatever. That's what they always said is it's it's the equivalent of drinking two and a half cups of coffee. Uh, yeah, okay, I can kind of get that. Somebody said you can get caffeinated protein bars. Okay. Oh, really? Okay. There's another what one. I, what I think is interesting about this is from a, a biological standpoint, which I'm sure they don't care about, but I'm, I'm curious to know, caffeine typically, at least for me, and, and is widely known to be an appetite suppressant. It's kind of, you know, it's kind of an upper. It, it's it speed, usually, yeah. Right. And so usually if I do coffee and I do a lot of it in the morning, I don't get hungry till the show starts, which is super convenient. It's kind of known that way. Caffeine tends to be an appetite suppressant. And so, um, and that's why you're not supposed to do a lot of it on an empty stomach because it just really gets you going and makes you feel sick. Putting it in food, I wonder how you, I wonder if you get as much of a buzz out of it because you're, you're, you're numbing the effects a little bit. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Cause it's going to absorb more slowly. Cause there's other stuff in your stomach that your body's dealing with at the time. Right. Um, yeah, maybe I, I'm not sure enough about you know, how the uptake of caffeine works in the system, but, uh, either way, I mean, just having it in there, that may be better for you mm-hmm. if it does that, because that would keep you, I mean, it would give you a level slightly higher than you are, but it would also, it would last longer. Yeah. And and the crash wouldn't happen quite as quickly. Yeah, they're not touting the health benefits. They're just saying for the gamers that need to stay up all night. Yeah. Um, here here's something because it that way if you're hungry, it checks that box too, but then it gives you a little bit of a, a jolt to kind of keep going. <laughs> because people people need one more reason to stay in the chair and game some more. All night long. <laughs> and and they're they're even saying like this keeps you on your game and keeps you tuned in and so you don't uh you're not, you're not going to get wary. Um, okay. I don't know. I'm going to have to look some of this stuff. Some of you are texting what you have found to be caffeinated. Wow. Other things that you have found. Caffeinated baking sugar. Yeah. I'm looking it up. Good Lord. <laughs> That's horrifying. Um, <laughs> so yeah. take something that gets you going and yeah. add caffeine to it. They say it makes for some interesting brownies. Yeah. I want to know what else you're putting in those brownies. You know, kind of got to kind of level it out somehow. Um, Somebody yeah. said, how do I get a caffeine IV? Coffee stouts and coffee whiskeys. Yeah, I know coffee's in a lot of stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, uh, oh, somebody said ramen that also has a record company. They should team up. Yeah, no kidding. You can DJ all night on that stuff, too. I have found the, I don't know if it's still around, um, but it, Think Geek sells a product called Jacked Up Caffeinated Baking Sugar. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, let's see. I just found the equivalent. Where did it go? Um, one tablespoon of the product equals um, the same caffeine in a normal cup of coffee. Okay. So imagine putting that into your coffee, oh, and then your coffee goes Lord. two times. Well, yeah. Uh, and I was just thinking about the, the like a Coke mm-hmm. has 16 teaspoons of sugar. So you said it was a uh-huh. tablespoon? This says one table, this sugar, yeah. this particular sugar, they say one tablespoon equals 137 milligrams of caffeine. And there's what, three teaspoons in a tablespoon, right? I don't bake. I can't remember if it's three or four. Okay. Or two. Um, either way, so if it's three, yeah, that would be the equivalent of five cups of coffee. If, if you made a soda out of that sugar, I would encourage you not to do that. 
Um, but if you are drinking a cup of coffee and particularly if you don't love the taste of coffee, not everybody likes the taste of coffee, but you still want the caffeine. It's a way to get a little more for your, for your money yeah. out of a cup of coffee, I guess. Um, it is the, yeah, three teaspoons to a tablespoon. So yeah, you're talking okay. about, <laughs> that's, oh man, like I said, do we need one more way to get, get some speed cranked into there? Uh, I mean, like Carlin said, it's the low end of the speed spectrum, but it still works. Somebody said Dunkin' Donuts has caffeinated donuts. <laughs> really? Okay. Uh, I'm looking it up now. Caffeinated. Somebody said they're terrible. Yeah, they said they're terrible, too. Um, caffeinated chewing gum? What is wrong with us okay. that we need this much caffeine all the time? I like that idea, although they said it tastes horrible. Why do they all taste bad? Yeah, I don't know. Is it is it that difficult to just add caffeine to a flavor of something which is funny because yeah uh, if you drink i mean caffeine free sodas when i was drinking like a lot of diet coke caffeine free diet coke tastes funny to me there's something wrong with okay. it i don't know and i didn't yeah i didn't think caffeine had much of a flavor but caffeine free diet coke just it it, it tastes weirdly uh kind of waxy and sour so i don't know maybe it's just okay. me but uh yeah maybe there are things that that flavor doesn't go well with if you know of other of these, I'm I'm curious. 913-586-7798. Feel free to get in here. Um, coming up, we'll go to New York for this story that we saw at a Business Insider this morning. They often will highlight, <clears throat> excuse me, highlight the problem with um, the cost of rentals in New York. We've got that problem here too. We'll get to that as well. But they often will highlight the way that people are living in smaller spaces. See if you could do this coming up here in KMBZ. We have new figures on mortgage rates. Coming up, uh, there's also stories out about some of the new fees that renters are facing, which I'm experiencing as, um, as I'm out looking. Business Insider looked at how this particular couple is living in New York City, where rent has gotten so high that people start to get creative about their living situations and about solutions to that. And so you have a Gen Z couple that they highlighted, uh, age 22 and 25, that are paying $1,300 for what they're calling, not just a studio, a micro studio. I, I, I want to point something out here because, I mean, in comparison to this, if you want to know just how crazy things are in New York, when Jen and I first moved here, we rented for a year before, before we got our house. And our rent was just a shade more than what they're paying for a townhouse that was an upstairs downstairs with two bedrooms, two bathrooms, uh, a full basement and a, a two car garage. Okay. And it was mm -hmm. just a little bit more than what they're paying square footage on this little micro studio, slightly less than that. 100 square feet. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they have a, there's a shelf that's over the entry door. So as you walk in the entry door to this place, there's above your head shelf space. That's, um, I guess what you would call their attic. They call it kind of a loft space, yeah. except it's not big enough to put a bed. It's about two feet tall. Yeah. Above there yeah. before you hit the ceiling. Um, so yeah, we can describe this a little bit, um, but they are paying $1,300 a month or six fifty each for this 100 square foot micro studio. It's a fifth floor walk up in the East village. It has one bed, a very small kitchen, closet space and this upstairs loft section where they keep winter clothes and other items like a sewing machine 
<laughs> which seems like an odd thing to put in 100 square feet. Yeah. Uh, they have a fire escape that overlooks the main stretch of St. Mark's Place, a bustling street with lots of nightlife. They share communal bathrooms with about a dozen tenants from other micro apartments in the building. Yeah, because there are no walls inside this thing at all. I mean, we'll, right. we'll talk about what you just described as the kitchen here in just a second. But yeah. yeah. Um, th- what this reminds me of is this shows up in TikTok sometimes, but they are high. You'll see it highlighted in really densely populated cities like Shanghai or, or places in that part of the world where they do cage apartments, they call them. Yeah. I think apartments is, is generous where it is 10 by 10 feet, but it's a cage and they are stacked on top of each other with ladders and you put these and they're open and you just put them in a big building where people are living very close. Wow. This is like that, but it has actual walls. Yeah. And, and it's a little, I mean, it's not exactly square, so it's, it's rectangular. Right. It's still that same amount of space. It's still a hundred square feet, but it's probably, what would you say? Eight by 12, somewhere in that neighborhood. Probably. Yeah. Um, so as you walk in the front door, as we said, you've got that little loft thing over your head. Just to your left is a mini fridge with a coffee maker on top of it. And mm-hmm. then next to that is the kitchen, which amounts to a very, very small uh, little cabinet thing with a countertop on top of it on which is a two-burner hot plate. That's your kitchen. I don't know where they're storing. There's a little bit of storage underneath. What I don't see here, and maybe you do, is any kind of a water source. Oh, there it is. I see a little sink. There's now. a little okay. sink in between. Yeah, right. Yep. Uh, and again, incredibly so. Think of the smallest bathroom sink that you've ever seen and then make it a little shorter than that and compress it down to about, I'm guessing that's about a square foot. There is a, what I think is a twin size bed that yep. they both sleep in with the cat that's on top of the twin size bed. <laughs> and remember, this is two people. They have a Not cat. one person. Where's the litter box? <laughs> um, You're right. I don't see it. I don't see it's got to be there. in the foreground of the of the picture. Yeah, there is a small desk with a chair and a TV that looks decent size. Several big lamps. They've got a couple of plants. What it lacks to me and what I don't see, there must be storage under that bed because I see there is a lot of empty wall space here where you could put more shelves. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's room to build more storage. That they absolutely don't take advantage of. Yeah. And the bed looks like it's on the floor. I mean, if you got storage space under that bed, I don't know where it would be. Uh, But you're right. I mean, that's the kind of thing they really should look into doing is is having that. Scroll down. You'll see it's not on the floor. Oh, it's not. There's another picture from the other direction that looks out to the window. It's up on something. Okay, yeah. uh, Maybe about six inches high. You're right. Boy, Mm -hmm. it sure doesn't look like it from that other other shot. Um, But yeah, that. uh, So the window is right behind where the head of the bed is. And it's just, it looks like they've got another kind of computer monitor size TV over there on the wall caddy corner. So I guess you can, you know, watch TV while you're in bed. But it's it's tiny. I mean, it's so cramped and they got two people living in there. I would have trouble living in there solo. Right. To me, this is the size of a college dorm. Yep. Maybe a hair bigger than your college dorm. But to me, it's a good analogy because you shared that with another person. There was no bathroom. That was all of your clothes. You had a TV, except there was a second bed in it. But usually there were two desks. I mean, this might be a little smaller, maybe even um, than the college dorms that we have. And and both members of this couple say, we feel like this is better for our relationship than if we were in more space. You have to learn how to compromise. No doubt about it. I mean, you better be good at talking. Um, Yeah. 
So, yeah, I mean, good for them. And really, I mean, where else are you going to live in New York City for $1,300 a month? Nowhere. I mean, it's it's. I don't know where you're going to find it. Boy, this is so fascinating to look at some of the close-up images, like, of the kitchen. I mean, there's a wine rack there. There's there's plenty of room for Such a wine rack. Such as it is, yeah. Yeah, there's um, a vanity. Like, there's because there is there are two small closets there. There is a vanity there. So both of these people must be kind of low-maintenance when it comes to getting ready. Um, yeah, I'm surprised. Somebody said they should have a Murphy bed. This is not. This no, is just on the floor. That wouldn't be a bad idea, but it, to do a Murphy bed, then that takes wall space away. Right. In between the two. So you would have, you'd have even less space at that point. Um, but you're right. I mean, having something that would fold up into the corner, maybe, you know, mm-hmm. or just stand up wouldn't be a bad idea because then at least you'd have some sitting space. But if you don't entertain mm-hmm. and, and you're the kind of person who's out most of the time, not only out working, but just you don't spend a lot of time. It's the same way that we use hotel rooms. It never bothered me having a really small hotel room because all I'm going to do in there is sleep. That's it. And I, what I assume is that they use that that fire escape space a lot. I assume they're outside like a, patio. a lot. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know if you can get like from the window out there, but I assume that they use that part of their building quite a bit. I mean, there are plants and stuff out there. Yeah. <laughs> also, not unusual for New York. Right? Could you do it? I think if if money became tight, is this a situation that you could you could move into? They said they both make more money now than they did when they got it, but they have no plans to move. They're going to stick it out for a while. Yeah, really. I mean, save the money, right? Communal bathroom. I am past the point in my life (laughs) where that is something. um, Just like I'm past the point in my life where I'm going to stay in a hostel when I travel. Yeah. That ended at like 30. Same thing. I wish they had a picture of what that looks like because my, my, not concern so much, my curiosity, I guess, with that communal bathroom is not so much with using the bathroom. As long as there's stalls, who cares? Right. But I'm thinking about showering. Uh huh. Yeah. And how many people are sharing those showers? Uh huh. If everybody has to go to work at roughly the same time, <laughs> is there any kind of privacy at all inside the, or is it like the locker room when you were in high school? Yeah. If this is something you could do, I'm, I'm kind of a minimal, minimalist. I don't, I, I'm not a big stuff person. I don't, that just stresses me out when there's a lot of stuff around. Mm-hmm. I live in a relatively small space now compared to other places that I've lived. It doesn't bother me a bit, but this is pushing it. Yeah, sure. that would be tough. Uh, but, I mean, if you've decided that your life's dream is to live in New York City, that's what you're going to have to deal with. That's what you're going to have to do. And I'll give it credit for that. For this. It's not a dump. No. Because no, when it's I really think, not. Yeah, when I think $1,300 a month living in New York City, the walls are falling apart, and mm-hmm. it's gross, and, and there's rats and all that. No, this looks like it's a very nice apartment. It's just very small. Yeah, nine one three five eight six seven seven nine eight. If you want to get in here, uh, no big surprise. But there are new numbers on mortgage demand and how low it's getting now that rates are going up. We'll get to that coming up here on KMBZ. Listen up, I won't sugarcoat it. This is the longest cold, flu, and allergy season we've ever seen. But we're not alone. We've got Instacart. Sure, you may be a coughing snot faucet who just wants mommy, but you're not giving up. Not when cold medicine, fragrant herbal teas, and honey shaped like bears can be delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. Now let's go win the sick playoffs! Daddy, I just want my soup. Oh, sorry, Sport App says it'll be here in, in a few minutes. Instacart for the win. 
Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. It wasn't that long ago that we were talking about mortgage rates that had reached their lowest point in 20 years or so. Now we're at the opposite. Yeah, they've gone up significantly. And as you might expect, that means that demand for new mortgages is way down. I mean, this is what they were trying to accomplish when they raised mortgage rates to try to cool the economy down a little bit. This is exactly what they were hoping for. Uh, But they said that uh, the average 30-year fixed-rate mortgage uh, right now, with conforming loan balances of less than $726,000, decreased to 7.21% from 7.31%. But that's still unbelievably high, considering what it was just a couple of years ago. And they said that applications for a mortgage to uh, purchase a new home fell 2% this week and were down to 28% lower than the same week one year ago. And so it makes sense then that fewer people are going to go try to get mortgages now or refinance because the rates are so high. And it makes me wonder if you're going to have a few people because the rates are going to keep going up. I mean, it would make sense to me that mortgage rates are going to keep going up here for a little while. That's usually what happens. I can also see people that did not find a house here in the last year when when rates were really low because there was so little inventory. They're going to try to get one now knowing that they're going up. If well, and, and see, this is the perfect time to buy a house uh, if you can buy for cash, right? Because what we're seeing is, I mean, as soon as you see those uh, the new mortgage applications start to fall, well, housing prices necessarily fall with them. Now, mm-hmm. it hasn't come down that much, but it's not as crazy as well. I mean, you remember what it was like a year ago, year and a half ago, two years ago. You couldn't get near a house for less than $50,000 more than the asking price on the house. It was just insane. So if if you are in a position to be able to buy real estate for cash, this is probably one of the better times to do it than we've seen in a couple of years. Yeah, they said even with high rates of home equity, borrowers are more likely to take out a second loan to get cash out rather than lose their low rate to refinance with cash. For sure. Yeah, um, they also said, where was this? Oh, vast majority of borrowers right now have loans with rates below 4%. Take out the mortgage calculator and show you like what the same house is going to cost you (laughs) at 4% versus 7%. Yep, what that monthly payment's going to look like. Yeah, it really hurts. And if you're in that situation, we'd love to talk to you. If you were in the position where you were house hunting, didn't find anything, and now mortgage rates make you think, now I don't know if I can, uh-huh. because the other thing with that is that rent is going up. Also, uh, you had found a story today that I think we'd also seen recently with Kansas City 
our our rent rates going up here higher than absolutely anywhere else. Yes. Uh, yeah, the, the rate of increase is higher in Kansas City than it is any other place. And, and again, it makes sense when you compare it to the housing market. If the housing market is that crazy, then you're going to have people that aren't going to be able to afford to get into a new mortgage. So the only other option for them is to be able to rent. Well, if you jam everybody in the, into the rental market because the housing market is unaffordable for most folks, then what's going to happen? Rent prices are going to go up. So alongside the uh, the old rent is too damn high party needs to make a comeback right about now because you just can't get near anything for uh, for a decent amount of money. And what's missing, of course, in all of this is we're starting to see, I mean, the economic numbers came out earlier this week and said that we're finally starting to see some upward momentum in terms of uh, salary, in terms of pay. That's the big gap right now is that it hasn't caught up. It hasn't caught up with inflation. It hasn't caught up with rent. It hasn't caught up with the housing market. So you've still got people who are working. And if they weren't already in a stable housing situation, then they're going to find it difficult to find the the next one. It's just going to be too expensive for them. Yeah. The other story that we saw this morning in the same uh, area here is LinkedIn had the story out of the Wall Street uh, Wall Street Journal talking about um, how landlords, because they can, are charging new fees on top of rent yeah. that they never used to charge. And I totally agree with this. Um, maybe I've been lucky. Maybe it just hasn't. I've never had to deal with this before. But every place that I've ever rented, it was just rent. I didn't have to pay any additional anything. on. T- I mean, maybe I had to pay utilities and that kind of thing, but that was my own doing. I never had to pay them additional fees for anything. And we are seeing it more. In fact, again, as I've been looking around lately, you see fees for water and trash collection on top of your rent or for a parking space on top of the rent. The Wall Street Journal said some landlords are charging for mailbox use. <laughs> that, that nobody ever charges for anyway, so it's not like it costs them anything. Um, yeah, I would what, love to know the legality of that. Yeah, well, the, and the one that got me was, let's say you put in an application. They charge you a $50 application fee. Normally, that comes off of your first month's rent. If mm-hmm. if you, you know, put in the $50 application fee for a $1,300 a month place, then your first month's rent is $1,250. Bucks. Right. And then you've got to pay the last month's rent and usually some kind of security deposit on top of that. But the new fee is you fill out the application. The application is approved. Between the application being approved and your move-in date, you need to give me a $200 non-refundable fee to hold the apartment for you until you can move in. And it's like, what? (laughs) What is that for? Uh, We'll get to your calls here in a second. But I just experienced that for the first time. In fact, with indignance, I asked someone to explain to me what on earth a non-refundable holding fee is. Yeah. And yeah, it's it's so that um, they claim it's like their protection so that you know you filled out the application you've been approved and it's to cover that time between when you fill out the application and when your lease is going to start because we're not getting rent during that time and usually they don't allow that to be for more than 30 days but they wouldn't be anyway they wouldn't right. be getting rent for that period of time so that's that's not right. your fault and that's something that should be absorbed by the industry or at least it should be refundable like if they were afraid that in between you being approved and agreeing to move in that you were going to just fritz out and get some other place then make it a refundable deposit so that when you actually do move in you get it back Mm -hmm. yeah you really have to look at all the fees now in ways we never had to let's go to noah and lawrence and see what he's dealing with hey noah jamie john 
Good morning. Morning back or afternoon. Either afternoon? One. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's all right. What's on uh, your mind? So I bought. I, I closed on a, a house last year in West Lawrence uh, at 6.125%. And when I initially was looking at mortgages, I was over 7%. So thankfully, I did some shopping around and got down to six. But that mortgage is $1,809 a month. You know, had I... I closed in August of 22. Had I closed in like January, you know, it would have been about 13 or 1400. And honestly, it's a it's a second house. It's my first uh, stab at being a landlord. And you know, I feel like it, it really sucks to pass that cost on to the you know renter as well. Like that's a significant difference in rent that I have to charge. You know, like I, sure. I just it, it's not just the homeowners that are going to get hit by this. It's it's you know renters that are in new new newer places where you know the owners haven't had the mortgages for years and years you know so it's it's gonna it's gonna pass on uh you know and trickle down past just just the home buyers too you know what i mean was it the kind of thing that when you got in because yeah i mean as you said if you had gone in in january of last year it would have been around 1300 but keep in mind if you had gone in in january of this year <laughs> you know it would be up near 2000 so right. it, it, is it part of your plan to say okay this too shall pass and five years from now, if mortgage rates are back down in the threes and fours, then I'll refinance and and that, do it that that's way. That's absolutely right. Yep. Okay. That's exactly my plan. And, you know, that, that that was the whole thing I was telling myself was, you know, it's, it's unlikely that I'll stay in this mortgage for more than a few years because also there was a lot of equity to be had in um, uh, rehabbing it. It was kind of like a distressed property, you could say. So so there's equity to be, to be made up there and and. So, like I said, you know, I kind of always had it in the back of the, my mind that I would refinance when either the appraisal was much higher or the rates were much lower, one of the two, you know. Good man. Well, good luck to you. I, I hope for your sake and the sake of everybody else listening that, that that does indeed come to pass. No doubt. Thank you so much. I love you both. You got uh, it. Thanks. Love you back, though. Thank you. Appreciate you getting in. Uh, 913-586-7798. The more I think about this rental fee thing, the more irritated I'm getting. (laughs) Because because part of what they do is what's gotten easier about renting that didn't exist like 10 years ago is that there are more aggregate sites that show available rentals. Trulia is one of them that used to just be for if you were buying. Zillow is another one that now has a rental section, which is great. Now it's only the units that are available. But it's a way for landlords to get your attention and get you to come look at a place by just telling you the actual rent. Well, yeah, but then you tack on the $200 non-refundable holding fee and the application fee. And um, like you said, the, uh, the not the down payment, the first month, last month and security. Security deposit. Yes. Um, I don't see anybody charging first and last at the places I've looked at, but you do have to do your first. And then again, it's it's all the other fees that you it's their processing fee every month and things that they don't really explain, but that you have no choice in. So now your $1,200 a month rent is 1500. And I look at that and say, I could be getting a mortgage for that. Sure. For a lot less. Although could you <laughs> given the rates, right. <laughs> given, right. given the interest rates, could you really, but, but that, that is something that you do have to remember that it's um, if you're looking at it now, you're placing a bet at that point and betting that yes, two years from now or five years from now that the interest rates are going to be a whole lot lower. They may not be. Um, we tend to try to keep them as low as possible, but I mean, nobody really saw 7% coming this year and here we are, you know, well into it. So 
uh, you, you do have that option of even even if it does hurt a little bit for those first few years, if you can get past that and refinance the mortgage, then all of a sudden you'll be in a much better position. 913-586-7798. We can uh, keep going here. Let's go to Jeff in Kansas City up next. Hey, Jeff. Hello. Hi. Hi. Um, yeah, the, talking about the interest rate, that also affects people with the HELOC loan, the home equity line of credit. Yep. Because uh, a couple of years ago, I think my interest was only like 170 something dollars, and I paid down the principal, but now my interest is like $320. So, are I don't I I know a little bit about HELOCs, not a lot. Uh, are they all adjustable rate, or can you get a fixed rate? I, no, I don't think you can get a fixed rate on the HELOC. Okay, so because it's in a, a revolving yeah. line of credit. Right. Okay. Right. Ooh, man. So I I didn't get in on the uh, refinancing when that was the lower interest, which I probably should have. But <laughs> yeah, and and you're just gone to a standard uh, a standard mortgage at that point. Well, good yeah. luck to you, man. I hope it comes back down for you quick. Hopefully, yeah. All Thanks. right. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks for getting in. Uh, if you have further thoughts here, nine one three five eight six seven seven nine eight. Particularly if you're uh, if you're renting, and you can you can give us insight into those fees now. I got to look up again the legality of, of charging someone for a mailbox. <laughs> I, I, you don't own that mailbox for me to rent it from you. Yeah. The U.S. Postal Service owns that mailbox, not you. So why do I have to pay you rent for using it? Yeah, no. That's kidding. ridiculous. That's that's a new one on me. But yeah, I mean, you've got to give them give them credit for originality, I guess. Phone lines are ringing. We'll get to more of your calls next here on KMBZ. Phone number here nine one three five eight six seven seven nine eight. Talking about high mortgage rates. High rent rates then, and it being trouble for just about everybody right now. With that, we'll go back to the phones. Uh, we had some questions about different fees and things that uh, the, you know, the renters are charging, or the landlords are charging to the renters, and uh, how, how easy it is to get away with doing that kind of thing. We'll go back to it and bring in Mark in Kansas City. Hi, Mark. Hey, how you doing there? Oh, hi, Mark. Good. Good. Hey, the first house that we bought was in 1984, and the interest rates were 14 percent at that time. <laughs> I remember those we bought, days. We bought our house contract for deed for somebody for 11 and a half percent and thought we were doing really good. So <laughs> so this 7 percent is not as bad as what people think it could be. No, but at that point That's also you were dealing with houses that went for about 35 or 40 thousand dollars. Our first house was $50,000. There you go. <laughs> All right. Well, you were living in a nice place back then. Mark, appreciate yeah. it. Yep. Thanks for getting in. Yeah. I mean, that's the kind of thing that uh, if you look at that, that's now the price of the average car. So, I I mean, with interest rates on cars, they're always going to be a little bit higher. I wonder what those are going for right now, what the interest rate is on a new car loan. Uh, We could certainly look that up. That's going to be up too. Again, it's a good time to have cash. (laughs) It's a good time to buy a CD. Oh, no kidding. It's a good time to get a savings account. Yeah. I, I think this is the first time in my memory, um, and it may have been that way back in the early 80s, like he was talking about. But this is the first time that I can remember that the interest rate was not as high as CD rates, which means you're making money. I mean, you're, you're actually yeah. physically making money, uh, even in light of, of inflation. Yeah, it's a good time to shop around for those, for sure. It, we lost Tracy, unfortunately. But, yeah, uh, she was going to answer some of the questions. I, I looked up. Did you find the information on the mailbox thing? Yeah, I'm I'm laughing at how many people are calling me names for acting like I... I don't make this stuff up. <laughs> <laughs> what are they calling like, you names for now? Um, so 
because so many people said, oh, it's not federal property. You own your mailbox. Yeah, I get it's confusing because you go purchase your mailbox. But I have five websites in front of me, including the USPS, that says, yes, you have to fix it. You have to break it. You have to fix it if it's broken. You have to replace it. But technically, it is federal property. Right. So, yeah, they they own it, but they don't maintain it. They have no obligation to maintain it. But the question was... Oh, good Lord. People will correct you on absolutely anything. Uh, the, the question at the center of that, what really makes the difference is, can an apartment complex charge you to use a mailbox? And the answer right. is yes. I mean, I guess they can charge you for anything they want. Yep. Right. It just seems um, wrong. <laughs> it's because <laughs> because it, it doesn't seems- cost them anything. Right, because they didn't, especially I'm thinking of like the bank of mailboxes that we have in our front entryway here. Mm-hmm. Our homeowners would say, they can't take that away from me if I don't pay the rent on it. Like, what are they going to do? Deny me access to mail? That Maybe that's what I'm talking about more, is they can't withhold my mail from me for not paying rent on that mailbox. Right, yeah. Uh, yeah what do they do if you don't? Um, but that's a good question. I, I guess... Yeah, I, I I don't know what they would do, but uh, essentially the answer that I found was you can contract anything with your landlord. Right. If you sign that contract that says I will pay you $10 a month or $20 a month or whatever it is to you know for the mailbox fee, then that's what you pay. Yeah, Tracy's back with us. I, I am curious to know if you don't pay your that that fee for the mailbox, what happens? Hi Tracy. Hi, Tracy. Um, Hi, how are you? Good, good. So I am a regional manager and I have 10 buildings, 10 properties, and I have never heard of mailbox fees. (laughs) I'm kind of (laughs) glad, but Um, uh, yeah, go ahead. So the deposit that I do is a $300 deposit. I'll hold a unit for 30 days. Um, They, there, some, some complexes charge like amenity fees to pay for your amenities, in my opinion, that should be built into the, the price of the apartment. And they also have um, valet trash where you just set your trash outside and maintenance will come by and pick it up. Sure. Come on, carry your own trash to this dumpster. <laughs> yeah, there are things you can do, yeah, that would make it a little bit easier and, and uh, a little less expensive to rent. But are, have you changed anything? I mean, in, in terms of the way that you deal with your properties, has anything changed over the last couple of years other than just the rent itself? Um, the rent increases, but when you do rent increases, you also have to do capital work to make, you know, to show the, you know, the reason for the increase. Okay. You know, okay. Upgrade, upgrade the property. You know, and raise your rent. Typically, I raise anywhere between two and three percent for. Let's say someone moves out, I'll raise that rent two to three percent because I'm going to go in there and I'm going to put in new refrigerators, new appliances. You know, I'm 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 showing I'm showing worse, and so I'm raising it, and but I'm I'm giving them a reason why I'm raising it. So you can't just say because inflation. Um, you can say you know. Taxes and insurance are increasing, but I kind of like to show, you know, I like to, I like upgrading my apartment. Sure, sure. That, and that makes a lot of sense because it's going to be better for the next renter. Okay. All right. Absolutely. Uh, Tracy, good for you. It sounds like you're good at your job. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Bye. Take, take care. Thanks, Tracy. I also have not seen that come up yet, but I had never seen this non-refundable hold fee until recently either. 
And I've seen that in at least two places I've looked at. Yeah, I've never run into that. As long as I've been an adult, I've never run into that. No, and and again, it's just because they can. And it's often the things that go to new renters that they're not going to put on people that have been there for a while. So thanks, everybody, for getting in. Appreciate the conversation here. Uh, Coming up, uh, we have a woman talking about the worst mistake that her husband made before he died and the chaos that's come since then. Talk about that coming up next year on KMBZ. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them, with more coming in. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future in vehicles, and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified, diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you, a hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Toyota, let's go places.